I always viewed myself on forefront of the software revolution, new digital age, and I'm honestly not sure where this will lead us, if we're going the, down the right path or if we're somewhere, take the wrong path at some crossroads and fuck it up. And I honestly don't know in which direction we're heading and I don't really know in which direction I am contributing. And for me as a software developer, I, I just like all the digital stuff. And I'm pretty amazed by all the cool products that are now arising. But on the other hand, I'm not sure if we're not working on our own dystopia right now. In a matter of days, the entire world went into lockdown. Workers sent home, restaurants, shops, markets, closed. The streets were deserted. It was a forced stoppage of almost everything, except ideas. Presenting the Up Levels, fascinating quarantine conversations with young thought leaders from around the world. How do we use this time to reflect, consider, and forge a bold plan forward? How do we up-level to a better normal? It's a shared global experience and the largest opportunity for collective empathy and understanding. Streaming chats, streaming consciousness, a celebration of the ascension of purpose, spirit, and dreams. Welcome to the Up Levels. Uh, yeah, my name is Martin Machaina and I'm from Austria. I'm 27 years old, although I might look younger. <laughs> I heard it from several people now <laughs> and right now i'm more or less having two full-time jobs on one hand i'm still working at a company as a software developer and on the other um, side i'm trying to bootstrap my startup with alexander and andreas and we already launched our first product the last couple of weeks were pretty intense for me because um, I didn't realize what's really going on because I was so focused on, on my job and we saw this sort of, cri sort of crisis that we're right now as an opportunity to push our first product because a lot of people can now go to supermarkets and we wanted to introduce a product that allows people to just pick up their groceries and all other stuff they want to pick up during a day at one single point with as few social interactions as possible. And that's how we came up with our first product. And so for me, the last couple of weeks were like just working and then sometimes I looked up and thought about, oh, what is actually going on here? So it, it turned out to be really weird then, but I didn't realize it in the first place. But yeah, now here in Austria, things are starting to, to, to get smoother and people are going out because it's getting warmer and 
it seems like people not taking it so serious after all because Austria wasn't hit that hard by coronavirus compared to Italy or Spain. So I think a lot of people lost the fear of the virus by now. And today, a lot of shops smaller than 400 square meters opened again. We're, we're heading back to normal step by step. And we pivoted around December already. So, But we never lost the big picture of drone delivery. That, that's still the last um, step of the evolution where we want to head to. But it isn't feasible to do that right now. So we decided to really take small steps in that direction and now trying to build the infrastructure and make it more sort of a natural evolution that we can go there where we want to, to head with our vision. I'm still working for another software company and we're working in the um, teaching sector. So I work at Mimo. I'm not sure if you heard of it, but it's an, it's an app that where you can learn coding on the way you're. And it didn't change at all. So this business is staying as, as it was. We had a lot of remote work. We already had the opportunity to work two days at home. So now we have the opportunities to work five days at home. There was no really difference, <laughs> to be honest. And for, for Viabirds, for our own company, we thought it's the perfect time to really go out with an MVP and really see if our hypotheses are true or, and hold true or if we have to rethink that again. And on the other hand, we also thought this is the perfect time that we can bring actual value to people, especially if people are still afraid to go into a shopping mall. They can pick up things from the local retailer, but they can also pick up things from the pharmacy, from the local bookstore, and a lot of other small companies in that area. So we really thought that if we are introducing that now, we can have some really, we can have an impact on, on people, right? Straight away with our first MVP. You're listening to The Up Levels, talking with young leaders obsessed with a better version of everything. I'm pretty sure we're not gonna get back to normal uh, anytime soon this will haunt us for for quite some time i don't want to make any predictions but i wouldn't say we're opening public public life because there are a lot of things like um, as you pointed out restaurants or football games or any other concerts so they're still for the foreseeable future they won't take place also schools and universities are still closed mm -hmm. they're not gonna open up before fall 2020 i think that this is a good time to just watch and reflect what's really going wrong because i watch some late night shows for for the u.s and and they're really telling that things are kind of broken and nobody really wants to repair it, especially when, when it comes to unemployment and also public health care. I mean, we're kind of blessed here in Austria. Although a lot of people lost their job, they still have public uh, health insurance and they're still 
and get money from the state, although they are unemployed. We, we still have a good life here, although there is a definite impact on our society. For me personally, I don't really have much fear. I also don't visit my grandparents and my parents at home because I don't want to risk their life just because it could be that I'm having this virus in me. I also don't want to come close to people, to my friends. You, you never know. There's always this uncertainty. And although I might survive this virus, after all, it, it's still the potential that I could damage someone else's life. I don't see anybody going to a concert or to a football game anytime soon without having this fear deep inside. No matter what you're doing, Keep always in mind that although it's not hurting you, it can always hurt others. I, I'd say we have this inclination of obedience here in Austria. <laughs> and it works out. It works out pretty well. But I don't really think that we should judge our leaders what they do during the crisis, but how they will uh, work afterwards when all of this is over and we see what in our system is broken and how we can repair it afterwards. In Austria, we had this discussion about a tracking app from the Red Cross. And what it basically did or still does is tracks your social contacts via Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And if you're infected, you can then inform other people. And it, it, it was quite intransparent. So you had absolutely no idea what's going on there. And they said, yeah, we're not tracking anything from you, but you couldn't be sure. And if you just really have this app, it could be that the government knows anytime where you are and who you meet and for how long. Also, so Google and Apple are working on technologies that go in that direction. And then it's then it's always easy to just say, okay, we're doing for the for the greater greater things or for the public health. We really want to ensure that people who are infected know that they're infected because they met someone who is infected. But who knows what actually happens with your data? They can't make much promises, but if it's not open source, you have no idea after all. And this is exactly a prime candidate for what I think could lead down the wrong path where we're working on technology which actually not helps us after all but makes our life way harder when we are overcoming this crisis and that's a question i ask myself every now and then if things i'm working on are contributing for a better world or a more dystopian world and i always hope it's going to be a better world <laughs> uh, i i just want to say i really admire the fact that you reflect upon that if you continue to do that as you work, I think the answer will reveal itself to you over time and you'll choose your path accordingly. But it's re I, we haven't heard that from anybody else you've spoken to. Maybe other people are thinking that, but it makes me feel good that you're that reflective and thoughtful about it. Actually, I was thinking about quitting software development four or five years ago because I didn't see myself as this people, but then I, I worked at a fitness company. It's called Freeletics. It's uh, in Munich. And I worked there for four months as an internship. And, and it really changed my life because I, I knew that I can have an impact as a, as a just as a software developer. I could work on, on stuff that really inspires people to uh, to make a better version about themselves. 
And what I like about Mimo is also that I can help learners and I'm more or less responsible for already 700,000 or 750,000 just um, Android users that I can help to, to learn coding. And this is a pretty, pretty good feeling. And I hope that I can get the same uh, feeling with Viabirds. I was just going to ask if, if you're seeing any cool new things being developed right now because of the situation that uh, you think are a good idea. It's not so technological, but I see it here in Austria that a lot of things can now happen very easily and in a very unbureaucratic way. Are there initiatives from Google or Facebook or, or Apple or Microsoft that they're giving away their products for free? Microsoft Teams is now for free. And also Google Meet is now for free. Um, Headspace, the meditation app, is, uh, offers free subscriptions for medical workers in, in the U.S. And that's pretty, pretty cool that people are now getting closer together and doing things to help people immediately. One of the things that came up in, in one of the conversations was a, a, a thinking that some innovation may have more to do now with local and very contained as opposed to always thinking about global and scale, that there's you know more people thinking how mm -hmm. can we help our immediate surroundings and community members and all of that. Um, are you seeing some of that too? I think that's the interesting question. If this is the end of globalism as we know it. And if it's the rise of, of nations and small communities and we're not talking about scalability anymore for new ideas, I don't really have an answer to that. For now, it makes sense to start it in a small end. I mean, we're more or less doing the same. We're just taking our approach and try it there we're still thinking how we can scale that. But we don't know if that's actually going to happen because maybe the European Union did a pretty bad job right now. So not sure how, what, what will come afterwards. I, I think we're definitely not always talking about you know, regional companies. We're always talking about regional communities and how we can help those who are closest to us. I think that that will stick for now. As long as we cannot travel to another country, our chancellor said, as it was more or less his private thought, but he said he can't really think about traveling to another country if we're not having a vaccination against the virus. Who knows when that happens? I think a lot of business will now happen on a national scale. The Up Levels is produced by the Curiosity Generation. The first generation not defined by age. For my personal outlook is that I think that this situation is, is accompanying us at least a year. Next summer, I think we can look back and either say we somehow overcame it or it hit us quite hard. I don't think that, that, that we're going back to normal in summer or in, in fall 2020. That doesn't seem reasonable to me. Even if we would overcome it so early, even if we would find a vaccination, it's still now in our heads. It's hard to say if you think about the Spanish flu was just 100 years ago and they did not have all this technology and all this knowledge, what we have right now, and, st and still we're fearing a virus so much. And it, it makes us realize about our own mortality again.
we're thinking we're so smart and so clever and then such a simple thing like a virus shakes our <laughs> beliefs and, and really times time are crazy <laughs> right now. And even if, if we overcome this virus, there are still so many problems that we have to solve that I think will come apparent and uh, will reveal themselves as we as we just fought the virus. But now I feel really compelled because Martin, you're so, you're a deep thinker. And when one thinks deeply on this situation, it can be heavy. So I would just like to share with you a sort of a meta view of the whole thing that I've been thinking about too. This very small microscopic entity can bring a whole planet to its knees. If you look at it symbolically, it also suggests that a very, very small percentage of us working virally, like the virus, can have a planetary impact also. And the other metaphor is that I said brought us to our knees because it's called a halt. Do you know, do you know that expression in English? It means when you bring someone or something to its knees, it, you, you stop it immediately. Okay, but, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, but if you think of coming to our knees, that's also a beautiful metaphor of surrender too. And yeah. uh, connecting to to something far greater yeah and i really thank you for for, for helping us uh by by expressing what your feelings are and how you thought about this stuff that's really the point of what we were trying to pull out you know and, and it's great thanks a lot for your contribution it's a pleasure <laughs>